Hi everyone, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to The Witching Hour. I have a great guest for you this week. I have Vincent Higginbotham. He is the author of How Witchcraft Saved My Life. You're gonna love him, I love him. But before we get to Vincent, let me tell you a little bit about my week ahead. So if you are listening this week, when we first release, the week of July 12th, 2021, I've got some really good stuff going on. On my Thursday $10 class through House of Intuition, I am doing money magic because everybody wants money. Everybody needs money. Everybody never seems to have enough money. So we are going to do a hands-on working, how to put money in your life, how to make money easy. And if you're so willing, we might do a federal offense and burn a dollar bill and you'll see what magic comes out of it. And if you don't want to do that, use Monopoly money. But they don't get you in trouble unless you try to turn it in. I promise. <laughs> so that is Thursday through House of Intuition. It's on all my social media. On Saturday, I am doing a seance that I think there's still a few tickets available. Now, this one is through Victor Wind at the Last Tuesday Society in the UK. So we're going to be all the way across the pond, but all you have to be is at your Zoom level. Everyone gets an option to ask for and talk to somebody that they're beloved in their world. Um, so that is next Saturday. So if you're interested in that, again, Last Tuesday Society out of Victor Wynn in the UK, also listed on my social media. And we're getting ready to start my next mediumship course. It's an advanced course, but I just talked to Nick, who I work with. And if you want to take the advanced course, you can for inexpensively buy my first three classes, watch the three classes, and then you could fit into the advanced course. So that's through Haunted Diary Paranormal School. So, and people are doing really great. People who have never talked to the dead are talking to the dead now, just from taking this mediumship course. We all have it in us, you guys. It's just how to tap in and how to work and do the exercises to get there. So join us this week, follow me on my social media. It's hot everywhere. It's hot. Make sure you guys keep hydrated. Make sure your children, animals, pets keep hydrated. Keep your critters inside. Remember, cement is hot. I've, I've, I've been in too hot of weather lately. You can't even touch the ground, so neither can your critters. So buy them little booties or keep them inside um, because it's hot, just hot. The whole world is hot, so uh, keep cool. Also, for my TFIL YouTube fans, we did an amazing thing on the Queen Mary. That series starts this weekend. We had the entire ship to ourselves, the huge Queen Mary. We had full access, every guest room, every ballroom, every engine room, eight people on the entire ship. That itself is kind of scary. <laughs> so that series with TFIL, their new overnight channel, Elton Castille, drops this weekend. And then after that, we're going to go into the Biltmore series where we had the presidential suite at the Biltmore. So there's some really great stuff coming up on YouTube with TFIL and their overnight channel. Um, I have a new Ghost Adventures coming up, but that's in the beginning of August. But if you have Discovery Plus, you could watch me anytime you want. Every episode ever made, all my last six years of episodes are right there on demand. And for my live things, I've got a bunch of events coming up. It is now on my website. I've got trips to Salem. I've got trips to Texas. I've got trips to New York and Massachusetts and New Orleans. And for next year, we're already starting to book Romania tour. It is Bram Stoker's 125th anniversary. So Father Sebastian, the very best person and vampire expert to go. We are doing a 125th Bram Stoker Dracula tour of Romanian castles. And this is not for the week. This is a serious, we are going to these crazy castles doing full meals next May of 2022. So sign up soon because you kind of have to. There might even be a few spaces left in my Ireland trip earlier next May where we're doing Ireland castles from Games of Thrones. So I'm gonna get a whole lot of European history next year. So come and join me. All right, guess what? It is time for my favorite moment of the day, which is about 24 hours a day. It's time for ah, the Willow Report. She just woke up from a nap as usual, um, but she looks like a dachshund now. Look at that long body, long nose. I swear it's like Pinocchio. You can honestly watch her nose grow every minute of every day. Um, she's getting her last shot this week so she could really play with dogs, um, her last puppy shot, but she started getting to play with dogs that are already inoculated. And she thinks she's 
a great dame, I think. She she totally, she takes over. She is fearless. She's playing in the backyard with dogs 20 times her size, chasing them, jumping up and down, running around in circles. And she's really fast. I think she actually might be a winner racer. Um, those of you who don't know, many of you don't, I'm a wiener wrangler. I've been a wiener wrangler for years. I actually, oh, whoa. Ah, tired. I ran the Wiener Stitzel Wiener Nationals for, for many years. And I, my last pup was pretty famous for being the world's slowest wiener racer. She did lots of TV shows. She did lots of movies. If you see any of the Wiener National movies, she even in her final years made the cover of a magazine with Mike Tyson, did a TV show with him, always being the shortest, fattest, fluffiest, and slowest wiener on the track. Well, I think we might have something different with Willow. I think we might actually have a winner-winner. A winner-winner-wiener? She's a bit of a whiner, but she might be a winner-wiener. A winner-wiener to win the race. Every year they have one at Los Alamitos Racetrack where we live. You know, it's a big old horse track, and you see the thoroughbreds run. You see the big tracks run. And then they stick all these little shoe boxes stuck together as the starting gate for these little wiener dogs. And these wiener dogs run like the wind, or they don't or they just go in circles and sniff each other's backside. And again, my Dora was always the slowest one there. And in seeing this girl's form, I think we, we might have a winner on her hand, going for the big prize. The big prize and the winter schnitzel races are a great big dog house that looks like a wiener schnitzel hot dog stand. Now, those of you who are on the, not on the West Coast, you don't know what a wiener schnitzel hot dog stand, and it's only in like seven states. It's a great big gaudy red and yellow pointy building that looks sort of not German at all, but she wants one really bad. So we're going for the, we're going for the dog house. So winner, wiener, sometimes whiner with a really long tongue and she makes us yawn. So that's the Willow Report for this week. Can't wait till next week. Her nose will be much longer. I promise. Look in the camera, look in the camera, Willow. Nope. Nothing to do with it today. She hasn't gone to acting school yet, but we're working on it. We actually are looking into puppy school right now. Okay, for this week's magic, we are going to talk about kitchen magic. Yes, kitchen magic. And let me preface this. You do not have to be a really good cook to do kitchen magic because I am not, and I do kitchen magic. I actually beat like 100,000 people to get on MasterChef and cook for Gordon Ramsay and Joe Bastianich and Graham doing kitchen magic. So you... Yes, being a great cook is good, but you don't have to be. You could use kitchen magic stirring your kids' oatmeal in the morning. You can use kitchen magic making your coffee every day. Like any spell working, it's all about your intent and the pattern that you're working within it. So it's it's intent, it's putting magic into your food. Your kitchen is one great, think about it. A spell working, you're putting in a little mugwort, a little baggins blood, a little this, a little that, working with a candle. Kitchen magic is amazing ingredients. Almost every half of the stuff that's in your kitchen is stuff we use for magic. Cinnamon, fire, hot things. Anything citrusy is really good for cleansing and cleaning. Anything spicy is good for protection. So all these foods that you're putting into your food, so why not make your lasagna, your extra spicy lasagna, protection or love lasagna for your family, for your love? So it's really good to set up your space. So. My kitchen is now my working altar. It's my working space. Make sure it's energetically clean. Make sure you're feeling in a good mood. You don't want to be all cranky because guess what? If you're making all cranky and you're stirring your kids oatmeal, you're putting that cranky into their oatmeal like any, any spell working. So clear yourself before you're doing, I am making that instant oatmeal and I'm putting in love. Now, also remember that if you're above the equator, always go clockwise when you're adding in. And that certainly accounts for stirring, whether you've got a mortar and pestle and you're grinding your herbs, or again, your morning coffee. When you want to release stuff, you go counterclockwise, starwise. I'm getting rid of stress. I'm getting rid of anger and whatever you're doing. So remember that into the cooking process, even working with sigils, even if you're making your big soup or your stew, making symbols or sigils or money signs as you're stirring your soup. Guess what? That's what you're putting into it. Another good thing to have for kitchen magic is a kitchen witch. Have you ever seen a kitchen witch? It could be anything. It's a little witch doll. Um, they've been around forever and ever and ever. You could buy them online. You can make your own. 
Kitchen witches do a lot of things. They protect your entire kitchen. They're really good at keeping things like from here, food boiling over and keeping things from burning. And and they, and if you are somebody who works with different kind of dolls and deities and puppets, they actually, as a rule of all the different ones I have in my house, the kitchen witch is kind of like the keeper of the house. She's the one who will keep everybody else in line. Even if you have a dragon, even if you have some fairy magic, your kitchen witch will be like the head of the house. Um, it's really a poppet because a poppet means a doll that's for magical intent. And we're actually going to talk about poppet in the next week or so, making a poppet and what poppets are, because people have so many misconceptions about them that they're all bad or they're voodoo dolls or hoodoo dolls. Quite the opposite. But for today, just get yourself a kitchen witch, make yourself a kitchen witch, put her on a broom if you want to, mine is, um, and make her in charge of your kitchen. Um, the rolls of food are very important. Like really keeping garlic in your kitchen is very magical. Lemons are very protective. Even if they're just open lemons sitting in a food bowl, that's gonna bring protection into your house. Using lemon in a spell is really, really magical. So some of the purpose, just in simple purpose of doing magic, the food, steps for food magic is first set your purpose with your intention. What are you doing? What are you doing with this? Your lasagna or your pie? Ooh, love, apple, apple pie, just like we do in love magic. Um, again, maybe you wanna make some a heart on the bottom of your pie crust, but first set your intention with what you are doing. Then you're gonna select your food and ingredients, just like you do with a regular spell work. Ooh, I need fire for passion, and I need a candle for this, and I need some salt for grounding. Um, pick foods that you like, of course, because you don't wanna be sitting there eating or saying things you don't, but foods that you enjoy. Um, I say try to go foods for a healthy diet just because this is our temple. This is our number one working tool. Yes, I think it's Cho National Chocolate Day is around here somewhere. So you can't be that good all the time, but try to put your health and everything into what you're making. Then you're gonna visualize your intention. Really, what is, see that abundance coming into that smoothie that you're making. See that health coming into that salad that you are chopping and preparing the nuts for. Smell it, taste it, feel it. You're putting that passion into the working of your hands, into the stirring of the pot. So put that intention in as you're peeling, as you are heating, as you are chopping. It's the magical. Remember, mind, body, spirit. In psychology, everything, you have to create it. You have to believe it. You have to put action into it. And the space, the magic, the faith behind it makes it happen is the battery pack. Cooking is the exact same thing. Spell working is the same. The creation, the working, the dispatch. So then when you eat it, eat with intention too. When you're serving it to your family, here is your health pasta. Here is your love salad, whatever that is. Remember that. And then give a little time for your magic to work. This is mild magic. It is good magic. Yes, it can work like that immediately if you have the faith, if you have everything to do it. But again, just, just be a little patient with it. If you start putting magic into everything you do, including your food, just like when we talk about bathroom magic, make your whole bathroom procedure from brushing your teeth to your shower part of a magical procedure, do it with the kitchen. So everything you do brings magic into your life. Um, so... Make sure you're in a positive mood. The best tip, make sure you're in a good mood because you put that energy into your food. If you need to, meditate before you get started. Cleanse yourself. Make sure your intention is really clear. Again, the clearer your intention is, the better you will get it. Um, share your magical intention with the food itself, with that apple as you're slicing it, with the people who are eating it. And then incorporate kitchen witchery into your magic, into everything you do, from your late night snacks to magic. Magic is everywhere, you guys. It's just what you put into it. And you do got to look sometimes. Ladies and gentlemen, and everywhere in between, welcome Vinny. Hi. Hi, how's it going? It is good. I'm so happy to have you on my show. The more I've been learning about you the last few days, it's like, I love this man. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I really am super appreciative just so that you know i have dogs so if you hear them barking or anything or if they get in the way of the stream it's just dogs it's nothing it's coming a, for anyone it, it's okay i have i have i have 
I have I have a twelve week old dachshund, and she's the devil. Actually, I don't even call her a dog anymore. <laughs> I forgot how fun puppies are, but no, she may appear to anything. So yes, all the strange noises are not demons. They are not spirits coming up through the ground. They are four legged fur babies. Um, anyway, why I liked you, I, I can't wait to get into everything. Is that you simplify magic just like I do? You don't need all the pomp and circumstance. You don't even need all the religion behind it. I actually heard on another podcast you explaining the difference of uh, Wicca because everybody goes Wicca and witchcraft um, and so that's really good so so for the people who don't know yet how did you how did witchcraft save your life the ways in which witchcraft saved my life are plentiful every time I had had these super traumatic situations there always seemed to be a witch there present kind of helping me in some way um, understanding the basics of magic from like the four pillars as I call them or giving gratitude um just understanding those have really changed the way I see the world and interact with the world um just in mundane ways not just magic and so in a lot of ways understanding witchcraft has has completely saved me from this person who would lash out or choose to listen to my shadow or like, you know, let myself not be as empowered and powerful as I am. And then stepping into witchcraft, you know, I like wrote my first book because I stepped into witchcraft. Like I've been wanting to do this since I was eight years old. Like this was my, this is, I am living my childhood dream. And it wasn't until I stepped into witchcraft and I started writing about that, that I actually got anywhere with it. So just all the ways Magic saves everyone's life. It does. I believe, me too. My story is, is health-wise. I would be not, literally not living as well. Not from, you know, circumstances like on the street and things like that. Mine was from real true health issues. And when I was given the prognosis that if I made it to 50, I'd be dead or in a wheelchair or whatever. And I went, hmm, no, I'm a witch. I believe in magic and heal. Magic is powerful. It doesn't have yeah. to be hard or complicated. Um, and and everyone can use it. It's, it's, you know, it's learning as we go. So, okay, I love that you started out with the four pillars. And we have, my listeners are brilliant. They're all seekers on the path, different, varying degrees of the path, varying paths, of course. Um, but what, can you explain what the four pillars are? Yeah, so in a lot of traditions, I guess they're called, um, like, the pyramid of witchcraft. And uh, I just, I prefer pillars because I think that, there's a foundational understanding to how to use magic. And then there are these four pillars that hold up the structure of magic and it's all can canopied by gratitude, right? And so everything, all of your magic exists inside this space. So these four pillars are like the cornerstones of magic and they are to know. So that's like gaining information or understanding things um, to will, which is, is going out and doing it, like putting your will into action to dare, which is essentially believing even though, having like belief despite any evidence that's given to you. And then to keep silent, which I think is very dynamic in that it's not just about not talking about your practice, but it's also about shutting up and listening to what other people have to say and letting and holding space for others and allowing the fluid connection to happen between you and somebody else because you just stop and listen instead of listening to respond you listen to understand um and then also to be silent is a way to protect yourself so of all of them i feel like silence is a very dynamic aspect but they're all equally as powerful in my opinion they are great and and certain things like to do dare takes bravery we have to learn bravery and stepping yeah. out of our comfort zone to me one of the big things about witchcraft is is you have to step all the good stuff happens outside it's it's taking that chance it's jumping in the pool it's taking that stance and and just jump going for it so that 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 fits in very well with the dare <laughs> i absolutely <laughs> agree so um and you talk a lot about gratitude in your book as well i do mm -hmm. as well because it's everything, you know, whether we've got all the new agers going, it's all about gratitude and love, but it is, it is. If we don't appreciate what we have. Um, also in your book, you, I love that you have the simplicity of your spells and things. So if somebody was just starting, which a lot of our people are, um, 
where would you lead them? What would you tell them to do first? Like, go inside, go outside? I think that if you're just starting out, the first thing you should do is find your community. So, like, I think it's super important to normalize the fact that there aren't as many readers anymore and that people are learning through watching podcasts or shows or listening to things. And like a lot of people have a lot going on and many of them feel like there's not room for reading. And so while I am a writer and like, I want people to buy my book and read my book, I recognize that that's not a popular thing now because we have videos and we have Instagram and we have everything that can give us that information quicker in a way. And so I think that one of the first things that you should do if you're seeking knowledge or seeking out witchcraft is to find your community, find the people that you feel like you can trust, who who are coming off as, as trusting and who are jiving with you and, and you resonate with what they feel and think and say and whatnot and test out a bunch of communities at first, but like seek out community and then find the people that you respect and, and go to them for, for not to be told what to do, but to, to find the information that they found, you know what I mean? Like help me dial it down because there's this huge spectrum of things available now, right? There's no, there's no limit to how much information is available, especially in witchcraft. And so finding people that you respect, who can be like, this was worth it. This was worth it. It's really important too, because it helps kind of make it less inundating. Yeah, no, it is. And there is, there's still, I agree, there's something to real life and people, if you can find it, um, this is great. Virtual is great. We live in a yeah. very virtual world since the pandemic. But um, my best teachers have been teacher, uh, like flesh and blood. I am there. So if yeah. you can find a community that really is in your community, um, do it. Not everybody can. So it's great that we have that. Yeah. But um, I can count on my best teachers and mentors along the way were people that we are here, we are working, we show each other, they teach me as we go, so. Right. So have you had teachers along the way, or have you just kind of inside of you? Because I think you were gifted like me as a child, you just kind of knew things, right? You just kind of. Yeah, so, I mean, I still just kind of know things, like it's, I don't, I don't study for tests or anything, and like, if somebody's lying to me, I know it's a lie, and, and I just, when I really tap into my intuition, and I'm like, I don't have those moments where I'm like, I knew that. I have those moments where, see, I told you I knew that <laughs> because I make sure that when I have it, I tell someone so that I have somebody else who can, you know, solidify that belief that I am receiving that. And I think that that helps because when you have that empirical evidence put upon another person, that just makes it more real, right? And then the more real that it is for you, the more you can tap in and pay attention. So claircognizance has always been a thing for me. And as a child, um, I learned a lot. I picked up a lot from different people, but it was really, I think that my teachers were often the, sometimes not even witches, who came into mm -hmm. my life and imparted something in me that built upon my spiritual structure, right? Because for me, like, witchcraft isn't exactly a religion because I think that religions have dogmas, they have rules. And so there's no rules for me in magic whatsoever. You can't tell me how to use the moon because I understand the moon from what I've learned and what I've experienced and like what works for me. Right. And you can't tell me that mercury retrograde is always bad because I understand my experience. Right. And so like, I think that all of that experience has been built upon throughout 40 years of my life. Like I'm 40 years old now. And so even like secular people or people who only believe in the God of Abraham, they have all imparted things upon me. I understand parts of the Bible and they, I don't use them, but because I understand them and I know how to filter that through without dogma and patriarchy and everything and understand what it's really saying that that gets used in my magic and so all of these things from being in a catholic church to going through conversion therapy to you know like going to buddhist temples and hindu temples all of these things have built my magical practice in addition to the witches that i've known Beautiful. You are my little brother. Because <laughs> me too. I went, when I became a seeker, my grandfather was this big atheist, and so we didn't have any kind of gods. But I would see the light in a church or a temple or a forest or the park. 
And once I was like, I get to be a seeker, it, I take from everything because I kind of see energy. I'm very much mm -hmm. energy. I'm elemental in my work, but I just kind of see it. And then if the more you know, even of the traditional religions, it you see the through line through the energy, different words, different template. I see it as a template. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I love, because I do the same thing, separate uh, Wiccans do not have to practice witchcraft. It is a religion. It is a belief system. Right. Witches do not have to, by any means, be wicked. There's a million forms. Right. There's ceremonial. There's thelemic. There's, you know, there's chaos magicians. There's all the new words they're coming out with. I'm a green witch. I'm a this right. witch. I'm a kitchen right. Yay. Great. <laughs> I just like to use the word witch, and I'm like... Because I know that I'm picking things up out of Wicca, and I know that I pick things up out of Thelema and everything. You know, like, I'm certain of it because I interact with people from all of those realms. And so when they're doing something, I'm like, oh, that resonates with me. Let me learn more about that. Mm -hmm. Then, like, once I understand that, I incorporate that into my practice because I have a full understanding of it. And I understand also how to break the rules of it. I won't take on anything until I understand the rules, and then I understand how to break them and how to work around them because I refuse to follow a rule. I just refuse. Which you kind of, you know, to be a good witch, you kind of have to, because we are free thinkers. We are, we don't want to be the sheeps, follow me and do what I say, versus right. I know what to do and I know right and wrong and I know, you know, my own integrity of whatever I'm going to do. So how do you work with right. spirits? I know one of the chapters in your book is the spirits around us. What are the spirits around us, the way you see them? So... When I was a child, I used to see um, shadow, th shadow people. And prior to the shadow people, I had this experience where it wasn't a shadow person. It was some other kind of entity. I don't know what it was. We were living in New Orleans. I was five. It was nap time. And every day the devil was on my windowsill. And he would just pace back and forth. And it tormented me. And I was terrified. And then one day I told it to leave. And it, it pulled the blinds out of my window. And I got in trouble for pulling the blinds out of her window, but it wasn't me. And like years later, it's just, that's like the main like spiritual experience that I had other than shadow people. And so I will never forget it. Right. And then there were shadow people for all these years. And each time I experienced those things, I didn't enjoy it. I don't want to see things. I don't want to, I have extreme boundaries on the spirit world because I don't want to experience ghosts. I don't want to experience extra dimensional beings, whatever shadow people are. I have no interest in experiencing that. Um, I don't want to see fairies. I don't want to work with them. I am I'm polytheistic in my beliefs because I work with two very distinct gods and I'm open. Mm -hmm. I, I believe in the idea that all the gods that everyone you know, works with, they all exist as egregores because they are thoughts that that power has been poured into and they are part of our divine like source consciousness that we all share. And so they have their own entity to them. But that's the only spiritual entity that I have any interest in dealing with. And it's very much just Hermes and Hecate for me. I'm not comfortable, not interested in having any kind of relationship or interactions with anything else because I feel my connection with my deities and that's about as deep as I want to get to the connection of the spirit world. Cause I'm too new. I'm too like new to this world to phantom or take in everything else. And I say that because like I, a lot of people believe in past lives, but I have this belief that I don't have one. And I don't believe that everyone doesn't have one. I believe every like people have them but i also believe people on the earth don't have them that people are new and i've always felt that way from like childhood i felt that i was new on this planet so like the whole spiritual thing is i just i think that i'm here to experience the the physical right like i'm here for the flesh and i'm into it and i'm here for it and so i'm like i'll connect through my deities but that's about it and i have just put up boundaries against any other spiritual entity that is good. See, I, I don't work with specific deities either. I don't have, not. I mean, you pick really good ones, Hecate and, and Hermes. That's like, yeah, it's not just some little whatever. The witch has got, um, but I, I don't either because I do take it down to energy. So I'm going to work with this big collective. We're just opposite mm -hmm. because I'm like, bring on the ghosts, bring on, because, right. you know, we, we all have a hobby. 
(laughs) We all have a hobby. And it's like, yeah, let's go see what that is. But again, I like to have this that I back on. And and yes, you have to have boundaries, especially when you do open the doors to these otherworldly things um, beyond things that whether egregore created real out there doesn't matter to me. Even truth versus fiction doesn't matter to me because it's what we create. Um, But I I do like that other world. So, so, um, I love that you, you're like the first person I've ever heard who doesn't want to talk to ghosts in this century. <laughs> I was like, so really? <laughs> I have talked about that on another podcast at one point with people who were ghost hunters. And he was like, that's so weird. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like it's weird <laughs> because they just, they're not my thing. Like I, I, my sister's into it and she's like a witch and, and does her thing. And my husband, who is not a practicing witch, completely feels that kind of stuff. And like we live on this land that they're like, there's something wrong here. And I don't feel it at all because I've completely blocked myself to it intentionally and just opened up one little space for deity work. And that is it because for whatever reason, it just, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think I'm too new to connect to the spirit world. Like I have to experience all of this fleshy first, you know? Right. Right. And I like the fleshy. I like living on this plane. I'm not a woo woo hanging up there in the, Ooh, let's get all metaphysical kind of girl. I like this too. I'm very elemental and the the demons are upstairs trying to get down right now. If anybody's hearing the screaming, it's, it's six pounds of craziness. Okay. And, but I know that you do work with, you're a tarot person. And I don't, I think it's so funny because you say you're new and I think I, I actually agree with you. I think you're a new soul on this planet, but you have this wisdom about you because if you're being fairly new to witchcraft or, or claiming that the, the brilliance in you is in, in the simplicity, in the work that you're doing is, is, is high vibrational. It, 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 you do know what you're doing, even if you say you don't know what you're doing. And I've been doing this for decades and decades and decades and decades. Um, and how you work with the Claire. So how do you work with tarot? I have a lot of tarot readers that listen to us and stuff. I'm a tarot person too. So how, how, what is tarot to you? So for me, like I pull my tarot every day um, and I have a deck that's just for me and they're getting all bent up. So I'm going to need a new one. And then I have a deck that's just for other people. And I, I don't charge for reading to other people. I won't just read for anybody either. Like it's, I, I'm very selective with who I read for. Um, and I have a deck that's just for that. Um, and those readings are always better than the readings I give myself every day. I can see so much clearly when it, so much more clearly when it's for somebody else, exactly what to say and how to say it. And like, I'll have moments where the spirit moves me and I'm like, I need to ask this friend if I can read their cards right now. And so I always seek out approval or, you know, permission. And then once they give it to me, I go for it. And I get really good results in those situations. When I pull my tarot every morning, like today, it was all, I think I had like the Knight of Swords, the Queen of Swords, and the Six of Cups were all reversed. And I was like, my only thought was, okay, Mercury, like, (laughs) (laughs) why are you doing this to me right now? So I'm just waiting for, you know, everything to be normal again, and then get myself another good read. But like, I love to dive into the tarot just to understand my own, starting point for the day like what is the energy around me right now i don't ask for future information i just want to know about the now right and if i'm in my feelings if i'm deep in my feels i uh will turn to the cards and i'll be like what is the energy around this help me understand it like give me clarity so i i seek clarity from the tarot in that when i am asking them anything it's all for understanding Mm -hmm. it's not for um information i mean i used to try when i first started i'd be like oh yeah tell me lottery numbers and stuff like this and no like that's not a thing and and so like i i learned to come from that but then i also learned to stop reading the meanings in the books because i read what the picture says and for like if i pulled a card for you right now what that picture says to me for you is going to be different than if i pulled it for somebody else 20 minutes from now and it's the same card same picture but it's totally different message. And I, I really believe that that's part of the claircognizance and the senses in general, combining with the, the spirit of the tarot themselves. 
I agree wholeheartedly. And I teach it and I teach I, what I almost call hack tarot, simple tarot. Because I, I say, learn the basics. These are swords and these are cups and these yes. are this and these are the, uh, what they stand for. And once you really know it well, forget it completely. They, yes. They're a jumping off point. They're for spirited from the color of the picture to this, how they're laying out to me. That's how I completely read. So anybody who's less intuitive or who just I read tarot by the book would look at me going she does not know what she's doing but I'm going to probably give them the best reading they ever had right right yeah. and I think I think you're right too like I I don't think that I could do interrogative reading intuitive reading if I didn't take the time to understand like wands are fire and and you know like swords are about lessons and you know yeah. like fives are all conflict like understanding these basic principles help you to then break the rules also exactly you know what i mean because you can see deeper into the picture once you have that information exactly and i love that you even read yourself i i'm too close to, i i read everybody i don't read myself i never pull cards for myself i i should probably practice i, say, I don't read my, i'll go and i'll meditate and i'll talk to spirit and i'll do all sorts of things but i don't do my own i'll let somebody else read my tarot and just, right and uh, but that's funny that you do that um it's difficult. So, I'm too close to it also. Yeah. Like it's it, difficult because you're close to it. No, I'm sure it means exactly what I'm on to mean. And my witch yeah. side, again, as far as reading futures and stuff like that, my witch side always, tr I hate to use the word anymore, though, trumps. My witch side always outdoes my psychic side because we have free will. That, to me, yeah. is the most amazing thing. So, And any psychic I hear, or tarot reader, whatever they want to call themselves, that go, this is going to happen. You just took away that person's free will. You're going right. to make them happen that because you told them that and they're just going to believe you because they just gave you all their power. It's like, mm, so my, my witch side always takes over that. It's like, this could happen, but why don't you avoid that from happening? Or here's a possible path. Why don't you go there? And it, it works much better and it keeps people empowered. I won't let, yeah. I won't even let people give away their power to me. It's like, here we go. Um, so also one of your chapters is, because we both live in the mundane world, we all do, mundane work is spell work too. What do you mean by that? Oh yeah, so like everything you do all day, like from mowing the grass to um, going to work, there's magic in that, right? But um, it's also deeper than that, because if you are practicing magic and you have a goal for a bigger job, a better job, whatever you have to do all the mundane work for it. So it, it's kind of twofold. There is all this magic in the real world, right? And if you just stop to pay attention, you can see all of it and you should be thankful for it. But if you want to get something done, if you want to manifest your reality and, and make changes happen, you have to work toward them. You can't just cast a spell and then not do anything, sit on your fingers. Like it gets you nowhere. You have to go out and then be the best employee to get that job or get that raise. And I think that that's imperative in making magic work because you have the universe smiles upon people that it sees hustling. Period. Like hustlers get somewhere. Exactly. They're hustling. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do. I, I'm the same thing because I take everything down to that basic mind, body, spirit. I talk about it all the time. You know, psychology books write about it. Self-help, new age, occult, mind, body, spirit. You have to believe or you'll never get it. Whatever you're doing. Body, you have to take action. Like you said, go be your best employee. And the spirit, to me, that's the magic that makes it happen. Whether it's faith in the traditional sense, somebody go pray to whatever God they work with. Whether it's a spell working, whether it's new age affirmations and vision boards whatever you want to do but when you have all three you get it mind body spirit and and we could look at our whole life and see everything that you've accomplished you've done it things you haven't quite you're just missing one or two and they need tweaking and to me all what i learned you know decades ago spell working is the same thing the creation the working the dispatch oh wait that's the same thing creation okay it's a love spell i'm gonna do it on friday because that's venus okay i want some passion in there so i'm gonna use some fire that's the mind part the body is there's you're sitting there working you are you know stirring the mugwort you are carving the candle that's the body and the spirit there's your dispatch whether you're dancing around a bonfire or chanting or whatever you're doing you're sending it up to the heavens like it's the same thing it's just different words so you could put yeah. it under whatever so that's what you're right that you get them all you get it that's exactly mm -hmm. the same yeah so so 
I love also, so I want you to talk about this a little bit if you want to. Um, there's no wrong way to witch. Because people who yeah. get on their holy high roads, <coughs> whatever they are. So what does that mean? No wrong way to witch. So I feel like that's, you know, one of the things we've been talking about the whole time, has it, isn't it? Because we're we're both in agreement that you don't need to follow all of anybody's rules, right? You don't, whatever is going to work for you is what works for you. If I decide that, I don't know, an oak leaf is going to work in some fertility spell, I don't know. Like, you know, if I am, if I have decided that these things work and I've done my research and I understand how these things work and then I, I go, but no, my spirit's telling me this is right, you know, then it's right. And there's nobody else there. Nobody in this world can tell you it's wrong. Nobody gets to tell you this is the only way that you can practice. Because at the end of the day, nobody knows that the, the only way to practice. No matter how traditioned they are, no matter how, you know, um, initiated they are, they don't know all the ways that all the magic works. And so they have nothing to say. Like, I just, I don't believe that anybody should ever stop somebody and be like, don't do this because of that. I think it should be more like, hey, these are some, imp these are some tidbits I know about this. I'm interested to understand your point of view though, you know, and then be silent and give them space to let them explain their point of view because it might change your opinion too. Right. No, I agree. And so I think that's one of the major things about going into the craft is knowing what your truth is. Again, because we have so given our power away, what you tell me, what you tell me, what you tell me. So even if, okay, in, in, in the official book, whatever that is, red candle means passion, pink means love, green means money. But for you, if, if green means love and red means money, that's what I would say right. to you. So yes, they are going to have the attributes of whatever that color is in it, but your truth is your truth. So that, right. so um, how do you get people again, waking up in this new age? And I honestly think that's what the pandemic was about. It's like slap us over the head, go to your room and figure out what you're doing. Wake up. Um, so what, what do you think about that? Again, as we're slowly coming out of this kind of crazy thing, what are your thoughts? Do you think it has some big, great plan? It just happened. I mean, I hope that it ha that there's this big, great plan, but also I see patterns and cycles and, things like that. And so it's hard to not pay attention to the fact that about a hundred years ago, we had the Spanish flu and it was a very similar situation for a brief period of time. And then we did what we did, you know? Um, so I want to believe that it's cyclical because it's like butterflies going into cocoons, you know, like you come out, you emerge and, and there's an awakening and, and maybe that's how it goes. Right. But, I think that I think we're always waking up. I think that we we are not such a sleeping people as we often think we are or, you know, begrudgingly believe that we are. Right. Um, and I just think that we've been waking up since the beginning of time and that maybe these big pushes every hundred years or whatever, you know, helps us move the slower moving people forward. <laughs> but it might also be in place to keep them where they're at. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people also went into the pandemic and solidified opinions that are not so woke. Yes. And because the last year has been a whirlwind, you know, last, it's, what, it's like almost a year and a half. Like it's been a whirlwind of all kinds of things. And I think that in a lot of ways, we are becoming more polarized as a unit which is scary and dangerous. I don't, I don't think that we should polarize as a people. I think that we should unite as one. And I think that that comes down to listening to what everybody else has to say. And I think that one side does it better than the other. And I think that... <laughs> Me too. I think that the side that's doing it better than the other, though, is also like almost condescendingly looking down on a side that's not doing it. So instead of trying to help them up, we're just looking down on them. And I think that that 
is a hindrance and that we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves because we are not so woke just because we're woke. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And again, if we, I, I think part of our, whatever our, I, we're so this versus that. Everything has to be a competition. And yeah. I think that's where we go wrong. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's a sports team, you're a this team versus that team. You're, a, you're red, you're blue, you're this, you're that. Everything has to be, what if we in life went, let's start with what we agree on. How much better it would be. Okay, yeah, we're going to be completely different on this subject and on that subject. But I I think one thing that's coming, I agree wholeheartedly, and I do think it's a wake-up call. And I do think a lot of people are not waking up. A lot of people are choosing to leave. It's going to go, the divide in some ways is going to be even bigger. But I do think a lot of people are going, oh, what is important? And I think when things get scary, people get... Uh, they're looking for something beyond whatever. So I think that's part of the big resurgence in witchcraft and alternative belief systems. And uh, maybe their their traditional church or temple or whatever just isn't holding up for them and they want something else. So that's nice. Again, because what we do in, in our differing and, and same ways, again, it, it takes responsibility for what you're doing. It takes thought pattern and um, all those things that I think we need to do as humans. I know one of bigger things you're one of your big things in your books is kind of an if I had known, if I had known. Yeah. What it, can you explain to my what that means? Yeah, so um, in every chapter, I kind of write this memoir section, right? It's about, it's probably 15, 20% of the book is like some memoir. And so after each memoir, the if I had known portion is all about what I understand now. And if I had understood that, back then, how it could have helped me. So in terms of protection magic, understanding what I do now about protection magic and how to use it, like putting amulets in my car or, um, you know, working specifically with my dog and my deity to like create this protection kind of sense, right? Like a guard dog, but like mm-hmm. attached to my deity and things like this. I think that had I understood that stuff in the ba- in the past, I would have been further along in my journey than I am now, but I'm where I'm supposed to be. But also I could have used it then to help help alleviate some of the situations that I didn't understand how to alleviate and that I was powerless in at the time. And the, if I had known is all the ways that I wasn't actually powerless, but didn't know that I had the power. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Right. Do you have any daily practices that you do for yourself other than which, like, do you meditate? Do you take long walks in the park? Do you do, do you, is there anything that you recommend for people to get that? Because again, it's all about knowing yourself. That was written on every ancient mystery school. First know thyself. So how do you know yourself? So what I know is the most important part of my practice is that I give gratitude all day long and I stop and I, I think about all the things that I am grateful for and I mentioned those. And then I think about all the ways that my magic is expanding. And I mentioned those. And then I think about all the horrible things that have happened to me. And I mentioned those in my gratitude. Because I think that it's really important to acknowledge what you have in the physical world, what you have in the spiritual world, and then to acknowledge all of the lessons that you learned from your pain. And I think that the biggest, most important aspect of, of my path as a witch and transformative using transformative magic at that is not being the victim, but rather being the student. And so I think that it is highly important to look at everything that's ever happened that's bad and be thankful that it happened and and see what the great things were that came from it, whether it's sexual abuse as a child or not. Like, what did I gain from that? There was an understanding that I learned as a five-year-old that carried me through life and, and allowed me to survive in a situation where I shouldn't have had been as a 15-year-old who was homeless. You know what I mean? So, like, this, this, this horrible thing happens at five, but it teaches me this lesson about men and human nature that no five-year-old should have to learn. But as a 15-year-old, having already learned that lesson, I could put it to use and put use power use this power to survive and save myself for the time. 
while going through this other horrible thing, which then taught me later how important it is to have roots or, or, or how great it is that I can survive out in the world, you know, with nothing that I don't need money. I don't need money to live. You don't need it. It's not a necessity. And, and I mean, it is if you want a lot, but if you don't need for much, if you don't just, if you decide that you don't have to have, then you don't need to have. Right. And so being homeless taught me that. And, and there's all these wonderful things that we learn out of our trauma and yeah, trauma sucks. It's a horrible thing. I feel bad that everybody, everybody on the planet experiences it in some regard, but it, it really is there for us to have something tangible later, something that nobody can take away. And it's all about how you deal with that trauma in order to get out of it first. That's where you have the control. I agree wholeheartedly. Had all the weird things not happened to me, I would not be who I am or even close to it. I would have I got married, had the babies because that's what you're supposed to do, but then I couldn't have them. And just I would be this this very mundane, not that there's anything wrong with living just a plain mundane life, but, you know, I'm grateful for all those hard things, too. And, yes, they are hard, but... um, that's how we learn. All the good stuff is the hard stuff. All the good stuff is the stuff outside of that comfort level, outside of the box, outside of the box. Outside so anyway, box. Um, before we go, I boy, our time flies. This is too good. But before we go, as I lose my headset, um, tell people where they can find you because I really, I it's going to be on my very short list of, of of books for people to get. How witchcraft awesome. saved my life. Practical advice for transformative magic. Right there in the top. Practical advice right for transformative there. magic. So where can people find you? Where can people find your book? So you can find my book anywhere that books are sold. Um, you can buy them from Llewellyn directly, Llewellyn.com. Um, it's Llewellyn Worldwide. And I might have just messed up their website. Anyway, you can buy it directly from Llewellyn. I have a link to the direct site on Llewellyn on my Instagram. I actually have all of my links to my Instagram. So if you're really looking for my book, what you need to do is just go follow me on Instagram because that's going to get you connected to everything. I have several link trees all linked into one and um, I have all of the newest information that's happening to me in my life on Instagram. Um, And my Instagram is Vincent underscore Higginbotham at, um, or on Instagram. It's just that. Sorry. I don't know how to use words all of a sudden. It's okay. No, Um, you're perfect. (laughs) Words are so limiting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then um, I'm also the director of the Witch with Books Club, which is a book club um, that's basically ran through, it's mostly through Instagram, but like really it's like a whole system that's connected to Witch with Me, which is, I call it a witch conglomerate because I believe in where they're going, but it's just kind of a startup and we've got a book club going and we do new books every month and we, you know, are having a good time. We're going into our second month now. So you can find me over there a lot on Witch With Books on Instagram as well. That's great. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for coming on my show. My people are going to absolutely love you like I do. Um, so everybody, again, Vincent Higginbotham, How Witchcraft Saved My Life. Life. See, words, they're just so limiting. Words. How Witchcraft Saved My Life, Practical Advice for Transformative Magic with Vinny, a.k.a. Vincent Higginbotham. Make sure you find it. It's really, some of the spells are just brilliant, brilliant and simple, and you can do them too. So thank you very much. Thank you for being on The Witching Hour.